I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wedding Session Podcast. I am Trina, and this is my co-host, Kelly. Hey. (laughs) So it's a Wednesday afternoon, and even in a pandemic, we're still putting together timelines for everyone. Uh, So we've noticed that there's been some challenges putting them together. So we thought, let's talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We always kind of talk about how the timeline is a super important tool for us to ensure everything runs smoothly on the day. However... (laughs) shit happens (laughs) and sometimes we have some major challenges that we kind of have to navigate through to make sure that everything works out so yeah so we thought we should dive into ways that you can look at your timeline while you're planning it of course with the help of a planner we strongly encourage however there are certain things that you can plan for when you're writing your timeline so that it doesn't mess you up for the day Uh, For example, if things are running late on the day, that's something that's dealt with in person, but there's certain things that you can handle before even the day starts, if that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's start. (laughs) I hope so. Right. (laughs) So let's, we'll we'll dive in and it'll make a little bit more sense. But the first thing that you need to accommodate, and we're going to start at the beginning of your day, and it's usually the ladies, the brides, is that hair and makeup schedule has to be set in stone. (laughs) And what we mean by that is say there are you plus five ladies plus two moms. That is five, six, seven, eight people that need to get ready in the morning. So if you are getting ready between the hours of eight and nine, and then you have to be at the venue for 930, that makes zero sense, (laughs) right? (laughs) This is how we attack it. Usually we say, these are the people that have to do hair and makeup that need hair and makeup done. Right. And then you say, uh, you ask your makeup person that you've hired, okay, how many hours do you require? And they'll say, I'll need between eight and 11 to do your, or I'll need three hours to do your hair and makeup. Okay, great. So between eight and 11 is great. I need to be at my venue for 12. Even saying that out loud, that's still cutting it close. (laughs) Too tight. So what we, unless you can see your venue from your bedroom Mm -hmm. window, (laughs) let's yeah. But there's other things that are accommodated in hair and makeup that we don't think about, right? You still have to get in your dress. And if you've ever been in a room with eight other women <laughs> trying to find <laughs> stuff, it's absolutely impossible. And we all cram in there. It's a one-bedroom suite. It looks big on – no, it's 500 square feet with suitcases and bags overflowing with different types of earrings and shoes. And it's – the fun of the chaos is awesome, but it's not <laughs> – realistic to get going out the door fast oh my gosh it's so true it's so true and everyone and everyone wants to help as well and that's the other thing as well you have to think about too but even even consider in the morning okay so you've got this herd of women that are in your house or in your suite or wherever you are and it's like if one person is just late even showing up it just kind of slows everything else down 
Mm -hmm. Um, Really, really talented hair and makeup artists are going to just kind of roll with it and they're going to make the adjustments and be like, cool. So then we'll start with somebody else instead or we'll do something Mm -hmm. else. But, um, you know, you want to make sure you have enough of like a a buffer to, you know, in case you get stuck at a red light. (laughs) So we say like, okay, so your day is from eight to 11, you have a schedule from the makeup artist. So say three makeup artists and hair people are coming into the room. They know they're going to work on girl one, girl two, girl three, however that may look. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Your hair and makeup should be done at 11. The good ones always say, give you a buffer of half an hour. They're like, Mm -hmm. we're actually done and leaving your room at 1130 because now they got this huge makeup kit and all the crap that goes with it. And they got (laughs) to roll it out through the territories of all the dresses and makeup and hair extensions and shoes everywhere. (laughs) so they're out of the room by 1130 you know sometimes you want to do video or or take some instagram photos like cool 1130 you're putting your body into that dress (laughs) and you're trying to find your shoes where did i put my shoes (laughs) and your veil (laughs) or your jewelry too like imagine trying to put on like your bracelet or something and like you know the one side always ends up falling or sliding and you're like oh my god i just need where are the rings rings? or your earrings (laughs) Two or yeah, absolutely. Or you need yeah, your lip gloss for later. And of course, as a bride, you're reducing your giant purse into this tiny clutch that maybe holds your cell phone. But why would you need <laughs> your cell phone? You're getting married with everybody you love. There's so many factors. <laughs> There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things happening in hair and makeup. So, so give, yourself, sure <laughs> yeah, give yourself a half hour, even an hour. Like if you're walking out that door at 1230, you are winning. So just put that on the schedule. Like hair and makeup have, are done at 11. They're finished at 1130. They're out the door. That gives you an hour to sort your shit out, whatever that may look like. Mm-hmm. And then you're relaxed when you get downstairs. The limo pulls up at 12. You're all ready to go. You're not hollering up the, like, the hallway <laughs> at the hotel. Did you get that? <laughs> or oh sending one of us to go back and get it. No. Oh, that's so funny. I'm, I'm, I'm having visions of the first scene in Bridgerton where the <laughs> sister like yells up the stairs and she's like, basically hurry the F up. We're late. Yeah. And she just like gracefully walks down and everyone's like, I cannot believe you just yelled at her. Ladies don't yell. And she's like, mm, this one does. <laughs> no time. We're late. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We need to get in this carriage and start yeah. this party. Let's get in the carriage. <laughs> yes. Or uh, what we always uh, suggest too is to assign one or two people of your wedding party, however that may look, to be responsible for getting the girls out the door. Because Mm -hmm. if you have a boss that's not you because you're busy, then people hustle a bit better, right? Yes, that's so true. Or even Mm -hmm. setting like a little timer on your phone. Mm -hmm. Like if you have like a little like, you know, you have to be out of, you have to be boots on, dress on, out the door by by noon, then like Mm -hmm. at 11 a.m. Be like, okay, first alarm goes off. Now is the time we need to be getting into our dress. Then you have like another one that goes off at like 1120 because you know you're going to be late the 11 o'clock one. So like, okay, 1120, where are you in, in putting on the Spanx and getting yourself into your dress? 1145, you should basically be like waiting by the front door being like, hey, I'm waiting for my ride. Da, da, da. Like, you know, if you set like little timers like that too, that's actually a good little tip to help keep you, uh, keep you on track. I like if the we, timer. Yes. If, yeah. If we as your planners are not necessarily there or we have no way of um, like you, nobody answers their phone because it, it's just absolute mayhem. There's dresses everywhere, nylons, tights, like shits all over the place. Mm-hmm. So yes, having a little timer is actually probably a really smart idea. So it is. Yes. That now. How did I or the maid of honor before? <laughs> or the maid of honor yelling, it is 1115. Put the mimosa <laughs> down. No shit. No shit. Yes, we'll exactly. Have more oh, champagne on the limo bus. Get going. 
That's so true. So it is circled around that. It's the mimosas and not eating or coffee. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you're absolutely. chatting. You're having fun with your girls. Like, yes. you're just fine. We get it, but you got to be somewhere. Let's go. I know. <laughs> Are we supposed to be somewhere? I can't remember. Yes. This is the wedding. It's the hotel room. <laughs> this is the day. This is the day. <laughs> so, yeah, just, just definitely recognize the time frame and get your ass out the door, but give yourself a good hour. So, that's our part one. Yeah that we recommend absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so the the next one we have is your venue access time so depending on which venue you choose you may only be able to get in uh to set up at a certain window there's some venues in vancouver where you only have access at like four o'clock and you're supposed to be doing dinner at like six like that's a super super tight window so so tight so tight so tight so no worries I mean that's just the way they function and it's a really great space and you want to be able to enjoy it so that just means that we need to um we just need to plan for that and make sure that we have enough staff on hand to make sure that everything is set up the way it's supposed to be set up because if you have enough people there you can make magic happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can uh I like to use you've got a good example yeah I like to use Erica and Michael our Australian couple Mm -hmm. So they had access at four. I'm looking at their timeline now. This is live people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> their ceremony was for six. But what that actually means is your guests are showing up as early as 530. So you need music, chairs, and the ceremony decor done before that 530 mark, which between four and 530, it's not impossible, <laughs> but it is tight. <laughs> there is were tight. a lot of, there was a lot of sweat uh it was because it was like the beginning of September too and I remember it being really really hot out and <laughs> there was a lot of like running around there's a it lot was. of frenetic like holy shit like I don't want to <laughs> say there were swear words but there were mm, some choice words that were said so but again we had a really good team and we, we had did. people yes. allocated to different areas so while the florist was working on the ceremony we were working on the reception and then we swapped and then it was like finishing touches for the ceremony while the Mm -hmm. force was working on the, on the flowers for the reception. So it was tight, but we, we made it work. Oh yes. Well, the benefit of this venue is that the ceremony space is below on a lawn and we will actually link our blog to it because there's beautiful photos that showcase this. Uh, And you'll see why we're talking about the sweat because the arch was this custom pampas grass circle it was it was completely custom but uh the the yeah it was stunning the reception is up top so you can continue to work quietly because the ceremony is kind of in a different space but they always say the guests aren't going to come up till after cocktail hour no they come up right when ceremony's finished because they want to see the finished product so essentially a reception that typically takes four hours to set up Now we got to do it at the same time we're setting up ceremony and quietly in two and a half hours. And of course, we're trying to place the place cards and you're like, who is having the steak? Okay. Uh, Who's having the chicken? Okay. But quietly. We're putting the plates on the charger plates too. And you're like, very quietly, Mm -hmm. don't make any clinking sounds. And you're putting like the knives and forks and you're trying to spring things out. And you're like, ding, shit, they can hear you. The other fun thing about this uh, timeline, too, is that so the bride was very type A, so she was good to keep it going. Some of our couples uh, get kind of caught up in the moment and uh, are all about like this and that and the other because they want to, you know, visit with their friends and their family. They're all here to see their wedding. But this bride's like, let's go. And I explained to her that her timeline was super tight because we had to do family photos, bridal portraits 
and a tea ceremony all before dinner, which happened. So ceremony is at six, uh, six thirty. It finished. We had the hot water ready to go for a tea ceremony. There was a big group photo, then family photos. And as soon as family photos are done, we pulled those two up to the tea ceremony as fast as humanly possible through any crowd you could ever imagine. Oh my gosh, I totally remember this too. <laughs> and while we were, I was running the tea ceremony, you guys were transferring lounge furniture from the base of the mm-hmm. stairs to the top into the mm-hmm. new indoor space. <laughs> yep. And moving yep. flowers from ceremony to reception, uh, helping the florist there. Uh, then when the decor is complete, the canopy started going out and, uh, then there was dusk photos. So basically the couple were gone until 7.30 and then we just entered them in and then dinner was at 7.45. Like that is a tight timeline, but it wouldn't have been possible if our bride Erica wasn't like, yeah, let's go. Okay. Tea. Okay. Portraits. Okay. Look romantic. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Well, and it was a lot of things that all of a sudden was like, now we have to add this in. Now we have to do this. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, okay. So, okay, so these are just new things that you're kind of adding in. And and I guess if anything, learning from this timeline and to let you, you know, you guys know is that as long as we know beforehand, we can build it in. We can make it happen. Yes. On the day, we can we can make it happen. It's just not as seamless. Mm-hmm. And there might be some things that are sacrificed to incorporate this new addition. So maybe you wanted to allow a little more. And the one thing that always ends up kind of getting sacrificed if you have to add more things in is your time at the cocktail hour. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you're planning on being like, oh, I want to hang out with my friends, I want to have drinks at the bar, da da da, before dinner, I'm like, that's cool, and we can make that happen. But if all of a sudden we need to now include, you know, you're doing your dusk photos, or you're doing your, you're doing, you're adding in other, you know, cultural elements, like for example, Erica, who is half Chinese, so she, we ended up doing a tea ceremony for her as well. That was really important to her and her family. And I was like, okay, then that means that you will only be there at the tail end of cocktail hour because we now we have to incorporate another half an hour element into your day, and then we have to get you there and then get you back out. And thankfully, she didn't change. She just stayed in her dress. Yes, that's true. That's, yeah, another, uh, that's another thing too to, to, to account for is um, if you are going to be incorporating um, a cultural element to your day, are you wearing the same outfit the entire time? Mm-hmm. And how long does it take you to get into that outfit? Going back to the hair and makeup thing, um, I had another mm-hmm. example actually just came to my mind was um, uh, a wedding that I went to and the bride was South Asian and she, mm-hmm. she had multiple dress uh, changes throughout the day because she was going from like her, she had a lenga that she was wearing mm-hmm. and then she had, she changed into her white dress for ceremony number two. And then mm-hmm. she changed into another dress for the reception. And then she changed into another, uh, back to another dress for the, um, <laughs> for the dancing part. So it's like adding, you know, make, and, and I was helping her with the timeline and I was like, oh, I did not know it was going to take you 45 minutes to get into your first dress mm-hmm. because now, mm-hmm. now we're behind. So mm-hmm. it's just making sure you kind of build that, like you, you, you understand what that time is going to take and what that time will cost for the rest of the day and just build it in. And then that way you're not pissed off and disappointed because you're like, oh, that's I- right. Yeah. It's more mentally preparing you. Like for example, mm-hmm. yes. Erica and Michael, they were fine with the hustle because they had until four, like from the morning till 4 PM to do whatever they wanted. So yeah. it's a slow morning. Yeah. They did do some first look stuff and they had a really great time at the beach and they caught mm-hmm. the Vancouver escape and it was stunning. Uh, half the wedding party was Australian, so they had never seen it before. So that was super yeah. cool. So, but they were, they knew when four o'clock hit, it, it was go time. There go was time. no messing around, <laughs> and which is, you know, that, that worked for them. So if you're a type of person that does not want the go, 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 then this wouldn't be a timeline that would work in your favor. So if the venue is not mm-hmm. giving you access to a certain time, you can talk to them and say, Hey, like, I want to 
pay for extra time. I want the whole day. Usually they have options for that. But with with a specific venue like this, they're usually doing something the morning of. So they can Mm -hmm. sell that to another couple that's getting married that's between the hours of 10 and 3. That's typically how it works. So if you want that time, you just got to pay for it. But if you don't, if you're cool at 4 o'clock, well, then this is the timeline for you. (laughs) Make it happen. (laughs) And yeah, dress changes is another uh, challenge, which I think we could talk about. I didn't realize it. But as you were talking about it, I did a wedding that had three dress changes, including jewelry change for each dress. Yep. So it's yep. me and the bride in the basement of the yacht club, and I'm holding her jewelry and helping her change <laughs> in and out of her dress. Absolutely, but it yep. takes time. It takes, and then another dress we did a dress change. It took an hour and a half to get her in the dress. Right, it was a specific wrap, the Japanese. Oh, oh yes! Oh yeah. my goodness, she had on this gorgeous um, traditional. Um, Oh my God, I'm gapping on the, the the name of it, but it was mm-hmm. um, it was given to her to wear, um, and it was it was like couture, vintage, beautiful Japanese um, bridal gown that she wore, and honestly, it was the most magical thing watching her being put into the mm-hmm. dress. Um, it's like so three women's culture, I think, right? Yeah, three women through the Japanese um, community and with like her friends as well. They were there as well, and so they helped her get into it, and so it was really, really. Um, beautiful. I literally have goosebumps talking about it, watching her get into this dress. Um, and they were like reefing on her. Like there's like a little, like a little, um, padding that goes on the bum so that you can get that really cool, like bow in the back. Oh, and, it's a kimono. Uh, and it was called the kimono. It's a kimono, but yeah. they actually, there's a specific name for it. It's a bridal kimono. There, there's mm-hmm. a proper name for it. I just don't know what it is. Um, anyway, so they're like reefing on her to get her into this dress. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, she looks beautiful, amazing. And we're like, okay, let's ready to go. But she's got on her little, like the little sandals. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so we are no longer. <laughs> so instead of working at like a natural gate of like, okay, we're we're like making our way to the elevator, it's like, oh, we're doing like a shuffle. double times. So yeah. it was like a little tiny shuffle to get her to the elevator, and I'm trying to be like really careful. And I'm like, okay, just want to make sure you're good. She's like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. She's like, oh yeah, this is no big deal for me. And I was like, you're wearing socks and sandals, which is like a Canadian like. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's a major no no in fashion, but of course it's it's very traditional look, and she looked amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like are they are they not slipping? I had so many questions for her. <laughs> it was a long walk. It was a long walk to the aisle. Okay. <laughs> um. It was so beautiful and, though. But yeah. it, it was amazing. But again, it was accounting for all of those like, okay, how long? And so now we always ask, that's one, you know, now that we've mm-hmm. been through this a few times with our other clients um, and kind of been caught in that, it's like, okay, now, like we always say, we always learn every event we do moving forward. If you're planning on doing a, a, a dress change of sorts, mm-hmm. how long is it going to take you? Yeah. Like how, where? how, where, where, <laughs> yeah. what do you need? How long is it going to take you? Do you need people to help you as well? Mm-hmm. Because if it's just you ripping out of a dress and into another one, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you can do that yourself. I can help you with that. No big deal. But if mm-hmm. we're talking like a cultural, like um, huge change, like, you know, the, a kimono, for example, or, um, you know, getting into um, like we had a, a bride um, in August, for example. So she had two dress changes as well. Right. So she was yes. in the traditional um, the langa. You know, the langa. And then yeah. she changed into like the white bridal gown. Well, the white mm-hmm. gown was easy for us. Like you throw your legs in and you zip it up and you're good to go. But the first mm-hmm. dress was like, I, I don't know how to do this. So she had people helping her. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, that's like a half an hour, 45 and the minutes. Crazy, it's the crazy thing for that one is that you were setting up the ceremony and she looks at me, she's like, and she says the, the hook is digging into my stomach. And I, it really hurts. And I'm bent over in this limo and they are ready to go down the aisle. And I thought, okay, I gotta, I have to fix this hook. So what I did is I took body tape and a 
like some tissue from a tissue pack and formulated this pillow that went against the hook. But (laughs) I I didn't know that. Oh my God. I was like (laughs) leaning over the middle. Oh no, it wasn't a limo. It was a Rolls Rice. That's why I had a town car. Cause I was like, so that was a challenge. Maybe me 10 minutes to fix, but still a lot of people were staring at the car looking up. They're like, where is she? What is she doing? As she's having a moment, let just her have a, a minute. Moment. Just a minute. So, I mean, ten minutes is nothing in the grand scheme, but in that moment, that ten minute probably felt like an hour. Oh, right. Oh, and it was hot, and and we had to have our head covers on and oh, masks yes, because of uh, tradition and COVID. So, I'm trying to do this. <laughs> I like close this hook. It was hot. It was hot. Yeah, not a good day. No, for sure. It was a great day, but like not a good moment. How about that? Not a good moment. I just was like, okay, I'm sweating, but I I got the tissue pack on there and it did work and I was able to hide it, but it was uh, an interesting challenge for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So our, that was a bonus challenge for you guys. Our next one is uh, we like to talk about the load in load out situation. So this is something that can be planned way ahead. Like you can put this element in the schedule. There's a few venues in Vancouver that you really, really need to look at the load-in situation. And the best way to do that is a site visit or just walk it out and consider who is bringing stuff in. Do you have six vans of florals that need to be hiked up five levels? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should chalk in that time. Or, you know, some DJs, are the DJs that we work with, uh, which you heard on the podcast with Alex, is that they can typically get their equipment on one kind of cart. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that they can do this. But I've seen some DJs that take about three loads to get in, you know, speakers and equipment and tables and all that stuff, which is fine. People work differently. But if they are so Vancouver Club is a great example because you're loading in from the back, but you got to snake your way through the back and then into the service elevator and then you get up to oh, the hang on. third floor. Actually, you almost have to back it up. First of all, yeah. you have to back in. Oh, from yeah. the back road. So imagine, so you're on a, it's not a totally busy road, but it is a pretty active road. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you can really get into the actual loading bay is you have to physically back in so you can get as right. far as, as close to the door as you can so that you can unload because it's alarmed. Then once you've done that, then you have to navigate through like the back. This is like an old, this is one of the oldest venues in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And so it's got like all the old like kitchen stuff. And it's got like, like you're literally navigating through like the back of, of uh, this hotel venue space Mm -hmm. then you have to go to the elevator then you have to bring it up not the first floor but the second floor which brings you down to the first floor again because everything's a little bit wibbly at the Vancouver (laughs) club like it's all over and then you have to unload into the space and that's one load but that venue if you're having your ceremony inside there is a third floor that you can choose to have your ceremony at oh here's the kicker is that the venue service elevator doesn't go there. Only one of the elevators goes to the third floor because back in ye old days, the women could not travel to the third floor. So there's only one elevator dedicated for men to hit there. That's fun. It's interesting enough because the club is now run by all women. (laughs) (laughs) So true, actually. Yeah, but that is also a challenge. (laughs) And and honestly, like we love working there. It's such a cool space, but there are, these are like the architectural challenges that you're kind of working with and Mm -hmm. you're working within. So again, because we've worked there so many times, we just know, we're like, well, we know we need to allocate, Mm -hmm. like we're going to show up earlier in the day. And then as people are starting to show up and we're like, you're going to show up between this time and this time so that you have prime access to the backloading bay. And then I need you out of there because we have somebody else coming in. So it's just about making sure that you're also communicating what that load in situation is like, whether it's super gnarly or like it's a giant open field and anybody can just roll in too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, we're always sort of talking about the, um, the logistics of the load in for a, a, a brick and mortar building. But what if you're thinking, what about like a field? Mm-hmm. You don't really have mm-hmm. those same challenges necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's just little things to kind of consider and think about. And when you're looking for your venue, obviously that's not something you can, are concerned as a client. You're like, I just want to get married here. Mm-hmm. You guys just figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's just more about understanding that sometimes you can't necessarily have things immediately because mm-hmm. it's like we physically cannot evaporate through the walls. <laughs> That's right. I did a <laughs> venue or I had a, uh, like a barbecue. This isn't catering. I had a barbecue at a park and my mm-hmm. team needed to get to a certain part of the park because it had shade so that they weren't, you know, dying of heat with the barbecues going. Mm-hmm. But the city mm-hmm. was there for the site visit. And they told me that there was a major gas line that we could not drive over. So my guys had to, yeah, so they could pull the van up to that gas line, which was in the middle of the field. And then they could, they had to cart everything over, but they said absolutely no cars could go in there. So I had to accommodate that time because when the client comes to the barbecue, they don't understand that the barbecue is still being set up because we couldn't drive over a gas line that you can't see. It's just that they, we just need to have it ready to go when they arrive. So I just needed to chalk in more time so that the team could get there to unload properly, set up yes. and be ready to go. That is yeah. so true. And that actually just reminds me of other events that we've done, you know, specifically in catering as well, where um, if it's in a park, mm-hmm. you know, oh. bringing your vehicle, like driving a vehicle in a park. So Stanley Park, for example, beautiful, beautiful space in Vancouver, really well known. And there are areas there where you can host barbecues and things like that. Well, what you know what you were just saying about driving through the grass well you you can only first of all you can only go at a certain speed and mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be you have to escort the vehicle so i you remember do. doing an i remember doing an event at second beach which is like the number the two side i was just like <laughs> it's the northwest blah, blah, blah. like don't even try kelly <laughs> it's on it one the beach side. before the nude beach so <laughs> right there you go exactly uh, <laughs> it's on the side of the water with the tree. It's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but I ended up, so I pulled, I drove my vehicle, my personal vehicle because they had, they forgot something from the kitchen, whatever. I was like, no worries. I'll, I live in kits. It's very easy for me to drop it off and I'll just head on home on the way. So I ended up meeting the captain on site and she's like, okay, well we have to, I have to escort you. So I'm driving my civic at like <laughs> th- literally three kilometers an hour. And she's like, you're going too fast. I'm like, I, I, if I don't go I any faster, yeah. I will actually park my vehicle. Like, I need a little bit of oomph. But yes. she was walking. She had to walk beside me because mm-hmm. that's how strict they were in that area because there was a pool with little kids everywhere. So mm-hmm. it's, it's also about like you can't just like load in, just drop shit off and walk mm-hmm. away. It's like how mm-hmm. do you get in there? And then also safety things like that or security things like that. Are you being escorted by somebody? Then you have to mm-hmm. wait for somebody to – come down the stairs or come out of the office and then be like, yeah, yeah, you can come in now. And then, <laughs> and they're like, cool. I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. Thanks oh for God. officially letting me in the door. And then they prop the door open and then it's like, Oh, the door automatically locks. Okay. So then can you please hold it? Like, that would be really oh nice. If you could. So true. Right? Yeah. Oh my god. With this milk crate here, bro. Like see there's something. Oh it's like security. It's like a security. <laughs> security situation where you're like what is this milk crate here i'm like it's the planners because they're all by themselves and they're trying to unload into this giant there's another um, really really amazing venue in vancouver and we always kind of refer to it without naming it but if you've been here when you know if you know you know okay yeah (laughs) and Mm -hmm. again perfect example the access is at one end of this venue and Mm -hmm. you have to cut through this active um 
space where there's a lot of like it's a it's a it's an exhibit of sorts so people are actively children everywhere literally kids are ripping around and you're like oh excuse me excuse me and you've got like this fine dining chicken through excuse me you've got these (laughs) and you've got like these big carts and you're like please and you've got somebody escorting you like you Mm because there's two of you because you want to make sure obviously nothing falls god forbid but also like because people are just self-awareness nobody has it (laughs) it's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. and then you get to the point where you're like okay so there's an elevator but there's only one for the entire space so that means that you along with the rest of the guests the attendees in this facility are sharing the elevator so mm-hmm. that's a little challenging if it's mm-hmm. not available then you're like okay no problem my only other solution is walk i need up. to take a, is to walk it up this this ramp which basically circles around the space Oh, it's a giant shape, globe shape in Vancouver. I wonder what it is. Um, to, and you have to scale basically this ramp for flights all the way up to the top where they have this gorgeous setup. Uh, they've got a deck and they have a tent set up and it's overlooking False Creek. Well, there's another clue. Um, it's a, it's a really awesome space, but there are challenges and you're limited. You can only have so many people in at a time. So mm-hmm. for us as planners, we're like, we need to figure out, okay, who has to come in first and then be like, you have an hour to unload your shit and get the F out because we have Pretty a whole bunch yeah. of other people coming in behind yeah. you. So mm-hmm. it's things like that where like, as long as you know beforehand, yeah. it's a non-issue. You show up on the mm-hmm. day and be like, yep, I know what's going to happen. That's it. Now we are speaking very high level, load in, load out. However, uh, a big one that you most likely will come across on your own wedding, if you have the planner kind of dealing with these big ones, is the load in of your alcohol. Because mm-hmm. usually you're sent, we always say send the groom because he's not doing anything. You're getting, you're in a room with hair and makeup and 14 million other things going on in there. The groom is just sitting at home and like looking to shower in 15 minutes and go. Right. Yeah. So we say, give them the alcohol. Like, so a lot of venues here, you can bring in your own alcohol and you can um, have the venue take care of it for you, but it needs to get there somehow. And it also needs to get there to get chilled, right? Who mm-hmm. wants warm, warm white wine? The answer is nobody. Gross. <laughs> so we Gross. say like a four hour timeline or even the day before in order to get the alcohol there to chill it down. Mm-hmm. Um, with kegs, that's a great one, is that if the keg is moving, it's super uh, foamy the entire event. So we yes. say 24 hours for the keg to settle because I've never done a wedding with a keg that was successful ever. Ever. And you're a bartender. <laughs> I was a bartender for years, ever. I just, you know, the asterisk, the idea of a keg is amazing. And all oh, the value is so good. Okay, the bartenders are using this half ass tap that's been cleaned maybe once every 10 years. And it's just yes. foaming constantly. And like, here's your, your glass of foam and beer. Mm. This isn't a keg yeah. party, this is a wedding, buy bottles. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> alas if you need to get the beer delivered okay venues that have some challenges getting the beer delivered that's when you need to figure out how long does it take me to get there um from the minute i parked my vehicle into getting it in the space who is the contact information that i need to call so that they can come unlock this door or perhaps it's one of us usually we're there and you can give us a ring and we'll let you in and help you unload do i need a wagon the answer is always yes Yes. because the venues never have a dolly despite they should (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they never do. They never do. They and always being used. It's active. It's always right. usually being used. So like bring your boys and just, if you have to hand bomb it, that's fine. But make sure you have enough guys that are there just to be like, like passing it along. Yes. It's like sandbagging, yeah. <laughs> like for a flood, just like bring the booze <laughs> to the venue. 
We promise that ghetto wagon or that dolly that you rent from, you know, a storage space wherever dollars is worth it. <laughs> it is well, well worth it. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then, and then the last, last, yeah, the last one I think is the travel. So people always, people always like underestimate what the travel is. So you're traveling from point A to point B and then all the other things that are going on around you. So if you're getting, so you've got your hair and your makeup done, you're in your dress, we figured out the access into the space, but you need to get from where you are from your ceremony Mm -hmm. to your reception. How do you do that in a timely manner? And is there anything else that's going on? We always give this one Mm -hmm. example. It was a wedding that we did actually when we were in catering because we come at it from we, from the catering perspective. Um, <laughs> but it is something to always sort of think about. So this was a couple that, got, that wanted to get married. It was only like 20 people, super, super small. And they rented um, sort of like, uh, it was an Airbnb basically out in Mission, BC. Mission from Vancouver is at least an hour and a bit. It's a very, very long ride. So they had their really sweet little ceremony there. And they decided that they want to have their photos taken at Jericho Beach, which for those of you that don't know where that is, that is right beside Kitsilano Beach. It is really, really cool, um, but it's an hour and a half ride from where their ceremony was. For it's very west. So they west piled everybody into the limo, so everyone has gone together. The absolute west. You could put, like, the westest postal code possible, basically. Like, yeah. I always you're joke it was, like, the farthest postal yeah. code I could find for my family and my friends. Yeah, yeah, you're looking at the, yeah, it's yeah. your ocean, all ocean. Really, really beautiful. So that's what they decided they wanted to do. However, after they finished all their photos, they got stuck in traffic and it wasn't rush hour traffic. It was fireworks traffic. So Mm -hmm. they were three hours late to get back from Vancouver to mission so that they could have their dinner. Now they were totally fine with it because they were just like, whatever, it's totally, whatever. We're not drinking. We're not driving there, having a couple drinks, whatever. But our team on site's like, so we need to be cooking food and we're doing it in the dark now. So Mm-hmm. it's understanding what that travel looks like. Or we had another, we had another client actually it was one of the weddings that you did. And it was the same situation where they were getting married. They were getting married, I think downtown and the bride was adamant. She's like, I have three different places I want to go to for my photos. Oh. And you're like, no nah, girl, that's not going to happen. No, well, that like, you can pick, yeah. you can pick because... one of the three because there's no way that you were going to navigate a limo through Vancouver with three different locations before mm-hmm. your dinner time. It was just that like, was, it, there's, there's no time. That was so funny because it was very clear the groom agreed with me because as <laughs> soon as I said it, he inserts the opinion, I told you I knew Ugh. Trina would be right. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can lay the blame on me, but I can be the bad guy for knew. this one. I think you have to think about as the bride, speaking as a super fresh one, is like you have all these things that you want to do and you also, mm-hmm. you just need to have someone come in from the outside and be like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and you were this, you were that person in this moment. And I, I think she was yes. probably like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Like she was, it she was really upset about it. Interesting because the physical murals were only about a six minute, 10 minute drive from each other, but mm-hmm. their wedding party was 12 people and the photographer also has to get up and set up the shot. So, okay, mm-hmm. driving time, it's only six minutes, you know, you can get there. Okay, the limo cannot make a regular turn like a regular car can. It's a long-ass yeah. limo. Um, right. Driving in downtown traffic is already kind of impossible in a regular car. <laughs> right. And in order to park it, unload everybody, have your shoes on, put your cell phones away, and the photographer sets up and it's beautiful. You're not going to get those shots. So I had suggested pick the one mural that you want, that you really, really want, and you mm-hmm. go with that one. <laughs> And so yes, she picked the one that absolutely. she wanted. Yes, we can do that. Okay, now move on. So, 
I mean, sometimes you just need to lay it out a little bit too. I mean, like imagine whenever we're doing our travel times, we always add, and this is something that I learned when we, what we were doing catering because you're, you're driving a catering vehicle. So it's full of food. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go as fast. It's a van, not mm-hmm. a car. So you, you just kind of have to add those times in. And it would always, you know, we'd always Google be like, oh, it's going to be 17 minutes to get there. Yeah. Great. So half an hour. Half an hour always. <laughs> I'd rather throw in a half an hour. It's going to take you that long to get there. And that's probably why we sit, you know, when we're building in your ceremony, we say it's a, ha- a half an hour. Well, it's not a half an hour. Your mm-hmm. ceremony itself is maybe 15, 14 maybe. minutes long. Mm-hmm. But what if you're stuck in traffic? That half it an never hour is giving you that buffer. Mm-hmm. It never starts on time. So mm-hmm. same with this a little bit too is where, um, yeah, like you just, just add in that buffer just to make sure that you're not, you're not stuck. Or, or the other one too is, um, a marathon. We did a wedding at Vancouver club and oh, there was a marathon. Yeah, the Do you remember that? Oh my gosh. Marathon. Yes. It was it yeah, all the parking because the street was closed off. So no one could find yep. parking anywhere. Yeah. That was yes. a problem. And no, yep. <laughs> we didn't know about it. Luckily we had a ton of time in the beginning of the morning, but if the timeline mm-hmm. was tighter, it wouldn't have been successful. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things to think about is depending on where your venue is, is to do a little scouting and research of like what else is going on in the day. And actually, Mm -hmm. as I say that, I remember who was it? Um, Erin Fraser, the podcast we did a few podcasts ago. And Mm -hmm. she actually said the same thing. She's like, I'm not going to do a scout of your venue until the day of your wedding because I could go there on Tuesday and it's like, oh, it's glorious. How amazing. And then on (laughs) Saturday, like what the hell? Why is there a marathon happening? This was not expected. And all of a sudden, all your plans are kind of out the window. So we always like to have plan Bs when it comes to stuff. But you, mm-hmm. if anything, always build in a buffer for your travel because you have no idea what's going on. What if there's like a, a, an accident on the highway? We have multiple yeah. highways. Or what yeah. if you're going from, um, say, for example, you are having your ceremony in um, – on the west side, which is like, say, Kitsilano-ish area at a church, and Mm -hmm. you're planning on having your reception in um, North Van. So uh, if you decide you want to take the Lions Gate, you're crossing two bridges. You're crossing Mm -hmm. Broad Bridge, and you're crossing Lions Gate to get up to North Van. That's two bridges. That is two opportunities for accidents to be happening because (laughs) nobody can drive in a straight line on the friggin' bridges. It drives me crazy. (laughs) Yeah. As somebody who used to have to, as somebody who had to take those bridges all the friggin' time, let me tell you. (laughs) <laughs> so it's, 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 and honestly, it's a 15 minute drive. It's really mm-hmm. not that far. And yet if you're stuck in traffic, it and could be yet. 45 minutes. And yet you could get stuck in traffic. That's a 45 minute wait time. Yeah. Now <laughs> another way. Like, Where's my food? I'm waiting. Right. And another way that we suggest uh, reducing or eliminating your travel time altogether is get a hotel close by. I cannot yes. recommend this enough. You know, the amount of money that you spend on a limo, you could probably spend on a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Most of the time the venue you're getting married at is very close to a hotel or is a hotel. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the luxury of that is that you can get ready, leave all your crap in the room, <laughs> not packing up suitcases to get it in the limo, and then just go back there the next day. You don't have to worry about it. And then usually that's when you're, you and your partner go back to the hotel room. But you can eliminate that timeline stress if you just stick very close to where you're getting married. If you're getting married exactly. in the same city you grew up in, maybe stay at your parents' house, you know, things like that. Try to stay yes, and get absolutely. ready as close as possible to the space so that you're not accommodating like, hmm, is there a marathon today or is there <laughs> or like, oh, there's a biking event that's happening that's blocking all roads. Oh, is the sun oh, run weird. happening? 40,000 runners on the street during my you know, my wedding day. Now, most of the time, if you look online, they have, um, you know, in regular times, there is a 
usually a calendar of events. Um, in hotels, yes. we always have these calendar of events or ask your venue. Be like, do you know what's going on that day? Because they do, because I'll tell you why. They hike up the room rates. Right? <laughs> like, when the is happening, our room rates were triple. Our concert, always the room rates went up because people are going to pay for it, right? Pride, so oh, true. triple the prices for Pride because they, yes. uh, San downtown, Davy had the one main hotel down there. So That's that, so that room was yes. always packed and sold out. So ask your hotel, being like, are things going on that day? Is my room rates going to go up? Are we going to be in traffic? Let me know now mm-hmm. so that I can plan mm-hmm. either to change my wedding date or put it in a different spot. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Right. I'm just thinking of the turkey trot. It's such an obscure, like, <laughs> little mini marathon over Thanksgiving Sunday or Monday, I think. And it, we've we've had to cater it a couple times. But yes. honestly, it's oh, it I all around. I had to be there. I had to serve, help serve the chili. Well, I had to tell volunteers how to serve the chili because I was the one with food safe. But hey, I got paid time and a half to tell people how to serve chili. I've had I worse mean, days. It was easy. But it was, the, it was on the Sunday or the Monday? I think it was the Monday. Monday. It, it's like it four hours Monday. in the morning and then they all get yeah. chili after. Um, exactly. Super random, but I was working the event. I was put on last minute and I see my brother-in-law comes up behind me. I'm like, what? Oh, he's like, yeah, I run now. <laughs> Well, these are your like, single days, apparently. Uh, <laughs> you run <to> me, <laughs> but that's right around Granville Island. I think they go around the seawall. On uh, Granville Island, it's uh, the right beside Dockside that yes. workspace um, pavilion. Uh, performance works. works. Performance, performance works. Yes, that's yeah. where it is. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So right around there. So if you're planning on having an event in that area, you gotta have to <laughs> Do it after be aware. Be aware of what's up. <laughs> so in, money later. Yeah, in summary, our pointers are so add buffers, as we mentioned before. If you're mm-hmm. running on time, that's freaking great. You have time to pee. If you're not running on time, well, hey, you have now accommodated that time that you might have lost. Yes. And don't focus on exact time. The only two things you really need to meet on your wedding day is your ceremony. You have to, you really have to start there, you know, give or take five or 10 minutes, but your ceremony can't start at three and then it starts at four. That That's too much. If it starts at 3.05, 3.15, that's pretty normal because it's nerves mm-hmm. and people are getting the nerves out of their system. So just, oh yeah, you know, yeah, it's going to, let's get it. Because people are waiting. The efficient is only booked for an hour. Your music mm-hmm. has to still move and it, and it just messes up the whole timeline if you don't get that going. And the other part of your timeline that you really should meet is your food time because people love a good wedding, but they will complain forever if the chicken is cold. And oh it's not the gosh, kitchen's yes. fault that the chicken's cold, right? It's because you can get your ass moving in time to sit your ass down <laughs> for dinner. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Or the toast yeah, is that's... going on long enough. It's like, shut up, dad. I want to eat my chicken. <laughs> Flick the lights on and off. Get him off the stage. Yeah. Or serve, serve it while they're talking. That, that's something that we allow. We're like, if it's, if the mm-hmm. servers are respectful enough during a speech, people are fine with it because people will yes. bitch about cold food or not look looking very nice food at a wedding and you'll hear yeah. about it for years <laughs> oh so. yes oh yes you will yeah. absolutely yeah I guess the, yeah one of those things that you cannot bump up mm-hmm. is your food like your food is one of those things where they time it so if they're cooking on site then and mm-hmm. you told them six o'clock then they're like oh we can kind of really only do six o'clock because you can't serve yeah. uncooked food um, you mm-hmm. can delay it by a couple minutes, and that's always a little bit tricky too, depending on what you're serving. But you're right. I mean, the food is one of those things where you're like, you can't really bump it. So yeah. if you are running behind or things are happening, that's when you, as the planner, can be like, hey, we're gonna let's maybe do some speeches if we're a little bit, if we mm-hmm. are way ahead of our schedule and the food's not yeah. ready, 
let's maybe do some speeches or Rare. holy shit, we're super far behind. So those speeches are going to happen later on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or first course, yeah. start with a salad. Salads are usually pretty good. They can sit there or like bread and dip. People are happy with a little bread and dip. If you think you can't meet oh, that yes. timing. Just a little, yes. a little meow meow. It also forces people to sit the fuck down. <laughs> Because they're talking, they're having wine, and it's a nice day. And uh, like sit down. The bread is out here, people. That means food is coming. People see food, they'll sit down. Or a charcuterie board. Oh, you'll have everybody in their seats. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so true. It's like at a restaurant when your food pokes up, and you're like, "Is that my food? Is that my food?" (laughs) Yeah. You can't tell kindergartners to sit down like nicely in class. The same with wedding guests. They don't sit down if you tell. You could tell them till you're blue in the face. They don't sit down. But there's food kicking around, or the bar is closed. That's when they'll sit down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, you got a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with us today and a lot of stories, but we're full of them. So if you have any questions, you just let us know and we'll tackle it. But until then, we'll have more for you next week. Take care. Bye, guys. Hey there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding Session. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes. Want to connect with us? Hit us up on Instagram at The Wedding Session. We're people first and planners second and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us.